Hey, good morning, everyone. Who's glad to be in church today? Oh, come on. Hey, can we just take a moment and give Jesus all the praise? Come on, give him the best you got today. We praise you, Jesus. We love you, God. We worship you. Well, hey, I just want to say welcome to everyone who's here today and a special welcome to everyone who's online, all of our family who's watching with us online this morning. We just say welcome in with us. You are family, so thank you for being a part with us this morning online. Um, If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Caleb, and I'm just honored to be able to stand in today for Pastor Ben. And just an update on Pastor Ben, he's still on, he's on week two of his trip in Israel, and he's been communicating back with us and just letting us know how that's been going, and he's he's having a great time over there. We're just so happy, and I just want to, happy for them, and I just want to take a moment to just honor the Murray family just for the way they lead our, our church family. So well, come on, yeah, y'all help me honor the Murray family, Pastor Ben and Annalise, we're just so, I know I'm so grateful for their leadership and just so honored to be um, under them, to be able to make a difference under their leadership, but I just want to let you know kind of what's going up, what's coming up around the corner, and just to let you know, small group leader registration is still available. It'll, still, it'll be open through the rest of this week. So here's the link for you if you need to take a picture of that. Um, but if you're familiar with the Church Center app, we also, um, you can go on the Church Center app and under signups, you can register to lead a small group. So if you've been thinking about leading a group maybe and you've just not really been sure and you've been waiting for confirmation from the Holy Spirit, Consider this your confirmation, okay? It's, it's time that you can, you can go ahead and, and lead a group this semester. Um, it's going to be an awesome semester. So also, our, our semester is going to begin on June the 5th. So with that being said, we, we provided for you in your worship guide today a list of all the small groups. And at the bottom left-hand corner, there is a QR code that you can scan And that code will take you to our website where you can register. And we like to say, hey, just try out a few different groups and um, just stick with the one that you really like. Like, just drop the other ones, just dump the other ones, and stick to the one that you really like, right? Like, you can tell them, like, hey, it's not you, it's me, okay? Like, just just stick to the one you like. Um, But we like to say that for real. Like, just try different ones and see what works best for your schedule and what works for you. So just to get into the message today, we are today continuing our study on the book of Galatians. And it's been such a great series so far. Have you gotten anything out of the book of Galatians this over the last few weeks? It's been so good. And over week one, week one, we talked about religion versus relationship. And we talked about the two trees that we see in Genesis, the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And really, that's a foundational teaching for our church here at City Hope. And if you've ever gone through freedom, you would know of it. And if you haven't been through freedom, I would highly recommend you go through that group at some point. Um, But then in week two, we talked about the crucified life and really just how can I have less of me and more of God in my life? Week three, Pastor Ben brought an amazing message on grace. I really think it was probably one of the best messages on grace that I've ever heard, just to help me really understand the grace of God, uh, the love of God. Week four, last week, we talked about living in relationship with God, and then this week, we're going to be in chapter five, and we're going to be talking about living by the Spirit. That's what we're going to be talking about today, is living with the Spirit of God, a big theme in chapter five of the book of Galatians. And so if you look at your notes that we provided for you in the worship guide, you'll see at the top hand corner or or at the top that there are two verse references provided for you and no text. That's just because we didn't have enough space on there for all of them, but we provided the references for you. But let's go ahead and just dive in 
We'll have it for you on the screen today. So we're going to go ahead and jump into Galatians chapter 5. And for a moment, we're just going to take it verse by verse, okay? Does that sound good to everybody? We're just going to take it verse by verse, and then we're going to break it down here in a minute. But it starts out, and it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And this is something that I noticed that Paul says a lot in the book of Galatians is is he talks about don't let yourself go back into chains. Don't let yourself go back into slavery. Stay free. And then in verse 2, he says, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. And then he goes, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And when you just read this verse, it's like, what the heck is he talking about, right? But to give you some background on this verse, some context, what was going on was after Paul had planted the church in Galatia, a group of of Judaizers had come in behind Paul telling them that Jesus alone was not enough, that they had to also be circumcised. And so what Paul is saying here is he's saying, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. And what he's saying essentially is if you start trying to do this works-based gospel where you're trying to work really hard to earn your salvation, to gain your salvation, be good enough, do good enough, Christ is not going to be of value to you because Christ provides us freedom and Christ provides us grace. So it'll be of no value of you. And he says, again, I declare, if you start doing this, you're going to be bound to obey the whole law. And what he means by this is that in the law, the Old Testament law, there's, over, there's like 600-something laws that they were supposed to try to follow. This law that they're trying to enforce is only one of those 600-something laws. And so what Paul is saying is if you're going to try to do one of the laws, well, you've got to try to do all of them. Like if you're trying to earn your salvation by just one of them, then you can't just do one of them. If, if you're going to go that route, you've got to try to do all of them. And like, I don't know about you, but I, I really wouldn't want to be bound by that. I wouldn't want to try to live that way. And so in, in verse 4, he says, you who are trying to be justified by the law, here, here again, he says, you've been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace. And like, I just think this is so, so powerful here. Like what he's saying is you're working really hard to try to gain your salvation. You're working really hard to try to get closer to God. Like you're trying to be good enough and do good enough. And you think you're getting closer to God. But what's really happening is you're separating yourself from Christ by trying to work hard and, and do more to get your salvation. For, for through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope, is what he tells us. And then in verse 6, he says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. So, like, who cares, right? Like, who cares whether you're circumcised or not circumcised? Like, that's a really silly thing to get stuck on, right? Like, who really cares? You know what I'm saying? That's what Paul's saying. It doesn't matter. And he says, the only thing that counts, this is important, I think this phrase right here, because he says, the only thing that counts, come on, say, the only thing, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's the only thing That counts is what Paul tells us, that it's not laws, it's not rules, it's not religion, regulations. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And then in verse 7, he tells tells them, you were running a good race, like you were doing a good job. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Somebody came along and stopped you and, and, and convinced you to not obey the truth. That kind of persuasion, it doesn't come from the one who calls you. 
So what he's saying is it, it didn't come from Jesus because Jesus doesn't want you to live by the, wall, by the law. Jesus wants you to live by grace. And Jesus wants you to not be bound. He wants you to live free. And then he goes on to say a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And what this means is like just as a little bit of yeast works through a whole batch of dough, like I know it's only one of the 600-something laws. I know it's only one of them. But it's going to affect the whole thing, right? Like it's going to affect your entire life if you start mixing a little bit of it in. So then we, we jump to the next verse of Galatians, which is Galatians 5, verse 13. And he says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So like you're called to be free, but don't use that freedom to just try to fulfill the flesh. Like, oh, I can go do whatever I want now. Like, I can go sin. I can do, like, because of grace, like, I can do what I want. He said, no, you can't do that. Rather, what you should do is serve one another humbly, humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, which is love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, he says. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today is walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit. Because if we walk by the Spirit, then we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're, they're in conflict with each other, guys. The, the flesh and the Spirit, like you've probably felt this tension before, they're at conflict with one another so, so he says they're at conflict with each other so that you are, not, so you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, then you are not under the law. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be under the law. I want to live by the Spirit. I want to live by the Spirit. I don't know about that. I mean, that just sounds like a much better way to me is I want the Spirit to lead me. I want the Spirit to guide me so that I don't have to live by the law. And then in verse 19, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And what he gives us right here, what we're coming up on, is he gives us a list of things that are what Paul calls the works of the flesh. So like these are things that the flesh produce. The works of the flesh are obvious. And he gives us three things that are related to sexual sin, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. And so like I think this is important that he, let, he gives us three things starting off separated from the other list that is only focused on sexual sin. And if you're wondering what that definition of, of sexual immorality is or sexual sin is, like here at City Hope, we, we believe the Bible, okay? We believe the Bible from cover to cover, and we believe that it's God's inspired word that is true, and so that's just what we live by, okay? Can I get an amen there? Okay, y'all with me this morning, okay? Y'all being a little quiet on me today. But we believe that God's word, God, that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And according to the Bible, sexual immorality is anything outside of the confines of marriage. And the Bible defines marriage as a relationship under God, a marriage under God between a biologically born man and a biologically born woman. And that's what the Bible says. And so we, we believe what the Bible says. And so then he continues on in verse 20 and he gives us something else. He says, idolatry and witchcraft. And these may be things that you don't really think about a whole lot because you, chances are you may not, you probably don't, like some, you could, but you probably don't have like a golden calf in your living room like they did in the Old Testament that you worship every night, right? Like that's not a huge thing in our culture here. But in the Old Testament, that was what they would talk about with idolatry. 
But be careful because any of us at any given time can slip into idolatry just like that. We can. Because let me tell you that idolatry is anything that we put at the center of our universe other than God. It's anything that we put in the place of God. So like uh, idolatry could be an addiction. And like your whole life revolves around feeding that addiction. That idolatry could be a relationship or a person. And that person is the center of your whole world. They take the place of God. It could be a paycheck or the, uh, the pursuit of success or more materialism if it takes the place of God. And I'm from Alabama, so this is a big thing for us in Alabama, and I think it is in Texas too. But if we're not really careful, even something as simple as football or sports, come on, where are them cowboys at, somebody? It can become idolatry if it takes the place of God in our lives. If our whole universe is centered around that thing, we fall into idolatry. And I just want to say that like sports and uh, things and money and relationships aren't bad. It's not bad for you to have those things, but you can't let those things have you. It's important that you keep God in his rightful place first. And so any of us can slip into idolatry. And then when we think of witchcraft, like you may be thinking about, you know, something you saw in a movie where they're sitting around in candles and chanting. Or if, if you watch the new Doctor Strange movie, okay, like you might be thinking about that. But the Bible tells us that like witchcraft is, is something that's even as simple as rebellion against God. That witchcraft, that, that rebellion, the Bible tells us that rebellion is the sin as of witchcraft. And so if we're, if we're not careful, we can fall into these things. We're not excluded. And then he goes on to say the works of the flesh are hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I'll warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's a very bold statement there that Paul makes at the end where he says, those who live like this will not enter the kingdom of God. And some of you may be thinking, well, Pastor Caleb, there's no way I could ever, there's no way I could ever inherit the kingdom of God. There's no way I could ever go to heaven is maybe what you're thinking. But I just want to help you with this a little bit. I want you to notice this one phrase that it says, those who live like this. And I just want to point out there's a big difference in those who live like this and those who make a mistake from time to time, okay? Because we are all human beings who, who happen to fail and fall short at times. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we're not, because if you're not careful, you can read that phrase and you can almost swing back into the tree of knowledge and think that I have to try to be good enough and do good enough and try to earn my salvation, but that's not what this is saying. It's saying those who live like this. And what that means is those who have taken on this as a lifestyle. Like you wake up in the morning and that's what your life looks like. The majority of the behaviors in your life look like that list that we just read. It, 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 it serves the flesh, the majority of my behavior. It doesn't mean that if I fall short, but those who live like this, that, that's a lifestyle and that's a totally different thing. In fact, like... We all make mistakes, and we all feel that tension of the flesh pulling us versus the spirit pulling us. In fact, Paul even tells us like this in Romans 7. He says, I don't want to, he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. Have you ever felt like that before? I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody ever been there? I know I have. Like, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, right? If I'm not careful, I might put it on tomorrow, okay? Like, 
It's this tension that we feel. And Paul's trying to let us know that like we're not alone in this struggle, but that there's the Holy Spirit of God, okay? And he wants to come alongside us. And he wants to live in relationship with us. And he wants to know us and us know him so that he can help us overcome in these areas that we've been struggled in our life. And I just have to say, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that helps me, that guides me, that strengthens me, that empowers me to live by the Spirit. Come on, are you thankful for the Holy Spirit today? You know, uh, I want to take a moment and I just want to talk about the flesh versus the Spirit. And I just kind of want to compare the difference of what the flesh produces versus what the Spirit produces. And if you're following in notes, this is the first one. You can write it down. Is that the flesh produces bondage, but the Spirit produces freedom. If you live by the flesh... If you live according to the flesh, I just want you to know that your life, you will be bound in shame and you'll be bound in sin. But if you live by the Spirit, you will be free. You'll live in freedom. Um, for me, when I was in high school, later, later on in high school, um, I had actually at this time already been felt called into the ministry and had begun leading in different ways in the church. But I was struggling with a secret habitual sin. No one knew about it. And because of this sin, I I would beat myself up. I felt just like Paul felt. Like, I felt like, I don't want to do it, but then I do it anyways. And then when I did it, I felt shame. I felt the sin, I felt shame hovering over me. And because I was ashamed, I didn't tell anybody. And because I didn't tell anybody, then I'd go a couple weeks and be good. And then, then whenever I got weak again, I'd fall back into it again. Some of you may have been there before. Like, you may have been in that place. And it's because I was living according to the the flesh. And it wasn't until I brought it out into the light and told somebody that I was able to get free from that thing and not allow shame to operate in my life. And I was able to find freedom when I did what the Spirit would lead me to do, which the Bible tells us to confess our sins to each other so that we could be healed. And it was only at that point that I was able to find freedom. And you may have been in that place before, but I want you to know that shame and sin, those are all things of the flesh. What the Spirit would have us to do is live in freedom. The Spirit brings us freedom. The Bible tells us that the Lord is a spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Oh, come on. Y'all said that like you didn't mean it. Say it like you mean it. There is freedom. freedom. There you go, somebody. Y'all sound like y'all are free now in here. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the flesh produces bondage. The Spirit produces Freedom, the second one, is that the flesh produces doubt, but the spirit produces faith. The best example I could think of uh, about this in my life was um, before Danielle and I got married, and then three weeks later, we moved to Texas here in Wichita Falls. But while we were still just engaged, we were dealing with the idea of where we had the opportunity to come be at City Hope Church. And we were wrestling and praying and dealing with, like, what do we do? Do we stay here in Alabama or do we go to Texas? And to be honest with you, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I didn't have a good amount of fear in my life about coming here. I did. And, it, and it's because I was living by the flesh. The, the fear, it didn't come from the Spirit of God. It came from the flesh, okay? I just want you to know the Spirit of God doesn't put fear into your life. And because I was living... In that place, because of the fear, I began to doubt. I began to think, oh, I began to doubt my, my ministry abilities and my leadership abilities. And what, what if I don't do a great job? And what if I get fired? And then I'm 12 hours away from home. And 
I've never lived but 10 minutes away from my family my whole life. And, and it was fear. And it came from the flesh, but it produced doubt. But what I had to do, and Danielle and I both had to do, was we had to listen to the Spirit. And when we began to listen to the Spirit, we heard Him saying, just trust me. Just take the step of faith. And the Spirit produced faith in our life to be able to take that step. And I'm so glad that it did because it was the best thing that we could have done. Not only, like, not only was it good for our marriage, but it, it, like, we love this city. We love this church. All you amazing people that make this church, like the relationships that we form. But, and all of that is great. But also just the feeling of knowing that we're doing exactly what God created us to do. Like, it's a feeling unlike anything I've ever experienced. And it's amazing feeling to know that you're right in the center of God's will, but that only comes by the Spirit. It comes by faith. The third thing that, the, that, that we see in contrasting the two is that the flesh produces religion, but the Spirit produces relationships. And I think this is something that as human beings, we all have a tendency to be, whether, like, whether we identify as a Christian or not, like I think a lot of people have this tendency of being drawn towards religion. Like, oh, check that box, went to church this weekend. Check that box, I served. Oh, I confessed, check that box. And like we keep like a running tab to see if we're good enough, right? And, and it's like being drawn toward, towards religion because inside of us, I think that we want to try to have the power be, be in control enough that we can do the things that we need to do to be saved, right? Those are religious practices and religious duties. And that's not what God wants for us because that feeling comes from the flesh. But what the Spirit produces is relationship with God. Relationship, not religious duties, not do's and don'ts, rules and regulations. It produces relationship. Catch this. Religion says that what I do is more important than who I know. Okay, I'm going to say that for you again because that was good. Y'all give me an amen this time, okay, because that was good. Religion says that what I do is more important than who I know. That's what it says. But on the other hand, relationship says that who I know is more important than what I do. Like it's more important that me and God have a relationship first. It's more important that we know each other first, that, that I know him, that he knows me. And once we build that relationship and we begin to grow in that relationship, he'll deal with the behavior stuff later, but it's not priority. Like first and foremost, he wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He wants a relationship with you. And that only comes by the spirit. The fourth one is that the flesh produces legalism, but the spirit produces grace. Now legalism, a good example of legalism would be in Galatians, when these Judaizers came in to the church of Galatia and they started telling them, it's not by Jesus alone that you're saved, it's Jesus plus circumcision. And if you don't get circumcised, you ain't really saved, okay? That is an example of legalism. And there's a lot of churches that put a big focus on this legalistic mindset. I grew up around a lot of people who are very legalistic, okay? And it was all about what you're listening to and what you're watching and, and what you're wearing, what kind of clothes you're wearing and whether you're wearing jewelry or not. Or it's all about what you eat, what you drink, like all these rules. And if you don't get it just right, you go into hell, okay? That's probably why I was terrified growing up that I was going to burn in hell, okay? Because I was like, there's no way I can ever do this perfect, okay? 
There's no way I can ever do this good enough. That's legalism. That doesn't come from the spirit of God. Now, God might deal with some of those things later, okay? But first and foremost, he doesn't produce legalism. The spirit produces grace in our lives. The grace of Jesus Christ, the grace of God. And I just want you all to hear me today and know this, that there is a loving father, Jesus, who loves you so much that in your sin, he will instantaneously give you unconditional grace, unconditional forgiveness for you. He's a loving father. That comes from the spirit and only by the Spirit do we get grace. And so you maybe feel this tension, this pulling between the two, like between the flesh and between the Spirit. I want to live by the Spirit, but I end up living by the flesh. Maybe you feel that way. It's kind of like you got an angel on one shoulder and a, and a demon on the other shoulder, right? And they're whispering in both ears, and you feel pulled in the direction. I don't know if you ever struggle with that tension, but I want to talk to you for a second about living by the Spirit. And what we see is in Galatians 5, verse 22... It starts to tell us what we just read about a second ago. We read about the results of, of the flesh, right? But this tells us the results of the Spirit, like the fruit of the Spirit. So like when you are living by the Spirit, this will be the fruit of your life, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I grew up knowing the word patience. This version says forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, you may know what the fruit of the Spirit is. If you grew up in church, maybe you grew up singing a song about the fruit of the Spirit, right? Uh, we used to sing when it said, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut, right? And it would, it would go through all these different ones. And love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? I don't know if you all ever heard that song, but that's how we did it. Um, <laughs> so, but the fruit of the Spirit. These are the fruits of our lives when we live by the Spirit. They're the fruits of our lives. And I want you to notice about this, that if we could just stay there, like if in our lives, if we could just stay connected to the Spirit, that this would be the, the results of our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That would be the result of our lives if we would just live with the Spirit, if we would just live by the Spirit. And there wouldn't even be a need for the law. There wouldn't even be a need for the rules and the regulations and all the things if we would just live by the Spirit. And that's what God wants for our lives. And in fact, next week we're going to bring a message to you uh, focused on the specific fruits of the Spirit. But then it continues and said, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking, envy, and envying each other. Now, I think this little part at the end that Paul gives us is so important where he says, let us not become conceited. Like, don't get prideful because there's a tendency that when you begin living by the Spirit, you start thinking, oh, yeah, I'm living by the Spirit. They ain't living by the Spirit over there. They, look, at, look, at what, look at what they're doing. They ain't living by the Spirit like me, Right? And in that moment, you just swung to the other tree, okay? In that moment, you were not living by the Spirit. That ain't the Spirit. That's the flesh, okay? That's why Paul said, don't be conceited. Don't be provoking and envying of each other. But keep in step with the Spirit is what he tells us. And so if we're going to live by the Spirit, I got three things I'm going to give you today that we have to have 
in our lives. And if you're following along, here's the first one. You can write it down. I need eyes to see. If I'm going to live by the Spirit, I need eyes that see. And the reason is because I cannot go where I cannot see, right? I can't go where I cannot see. Some of you, maybe you've been, you've walked in, in a dark room before and you stumped your toe. Anybody ever had that experience where you break your toenail and break the little end of your toenail off? Anybody ever had that happen? Maybe some of you parents were walking through and you stepped on a Lego, right? And that was like one of the worst pains in life that you could ever experience, right? Maybe you experienced that before in life. And probably the words that came out of your mouth after that was not by the Spirit. It was probably by the flesh, okay? It was probably by the flesh. I remember one time I would, when I was living in Alabama, living in Alabama, I used to be a big duck hunter. I was big into duck hunting, and, um, and I, I haven't seen a whole lot of people doing it around here. And everybody says Texas is the south, but in Alabama, uh, the, the lower eastern southern part of the country, we call it the dirty, dirty south, y'all. So we, we the dirty, dirty south in Alabama. They really, we really do call it that. Um, some people ask me where I'm from. I say LA and they say, oh, your accent, you sound like a redneck. You don't sound like you're from LA. I'm like, yeah, lower Alabama. That's where I'm from, y'all. So in the dirty, dirty south, we like to duck hunt, everybody. And so I was going hunting with one of my friends one, one morning, and he owned some land, and a river ran through that land, and we had a duck blind out there. We'd go hunt that, that blind often during, during duck season. And there's one particular morning, it was a lot darker than it had been, and we didn't have as much light as we would normally have with us. And also a flood had come through a few weeks before and changed up some of our land markers and stuff. So the same blind that we had walked to like hundreds of times before in the past over the last many years, we found ourselves not being able to find. In the darkness, we, found, we finally realized like walking circles um, and for miles, like we realized, oh, we're lost, okay? And so we, we said, let's just sit down and take a break and wait for the sun to come up because we're just going to stay lost if we keep walking around in the dark, right? And so we, we said, we'll just wait. And finally, once the sun came up, we were kind of able to see a little better. And, and luckily, we were able to actually hear cars moving and, and we knew that there was a road close by so we just walked towards that sound and we ended up coming out of the woods onto a highway and, and walking that highway back to where we had to go and we were miles away from where we were supposed to be because we were lost and in the same way like just like we got lost in that darkness I just want you to know that when we live by the flesh like the flesh produces darkness in our lives and if you live by the flesh you will stumble into sin. You will find yourself lost in sin, in a cycle of shame and sin, like I was telling you about that I had experienced in my life. But I just want you to know that the last time I checked, light always overcomes darkness. Because when that sun came up, we were able to find our way. We were able to find where we needed to go because we can see. And you may be in a dark place right now. And you may not be able to see, but all you got to do is invite the Spirit into your life. And the Spirit will bring the light of Christ into your life so that you can see. It'll help you see where you are. And so what I have to do is I have to ask God to give me eyes to see. And the Bible tells it to us here in Ephesians 5 and 8. It says, once we were in darkness, but now you're in light of the Lord. So since you're in the light of the Lord, live as children of the light is what the Bible tells us. And now I'm not going to get up here and start trying to tell you like, hey, you can't do this in your life and you can't do that because if you do that, that's not of God and, and that's of the flesh. And I'm not going to do that. 
Because that'd be pretty legalistic of me, right? What I would want you to do is I want you, you to pray and say, God, will you give me eyes to see? Like by your spirit, will you show me the things in my life that I'm doing that are of the flesh and that are not of the spirit? Would you give me eyes to see what I need to change in my life? And the Bible tells us in Psalm that your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So if you're in a dark place right now, the best thing that you can do is go to God's word because his word brings light into our life. And and that's one of the ways that the spirit can show us things in our lives is through God's word. It's through his word. And I just want to say that the spirit will never lead you to do something in your life that's contradictory to God's word. Like you, if the spirit leads you to do something, you'll always be able to back it up in God's word. And so I have to get in God's word and ask God to give me eyes to see so the spirit can lead me. But next, I need to have ears that hear. I need to have ears to hear. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 30 that whether you turn to the right or to the left, that your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Like you'll hear a voice that tells you the way that you need to go. That voice is the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to know that God's word is not just a rule book to follow, okay? It's also a voice that we hear. And Jesus tells us, like you may say, how how do I hear God's word? Jesus tells us in the Bible, he says, my sheep know my voice. And they never listen to the voice of a stranger. And so the only way that you can hear God's voice clearly is if you have a relationship with him. Is if you walk in relationship with him. Like you'll learn how he speaks to you. And I would just say, like, God speaks to people differently. Like, he he speaks to different people in different ways, but he's always speaking to us. Like, my wife would probably be the first to tell you that I'm not the best listener, okay? And I'm not. I've always struggled with that. And I would say that God is always speaking, but I'm not always listening, right? Like, he's always trying to speak to us, but we're not always listening to what he's trying to say. Um, And again, God speaks to us in different ways, but I'll never forget when I was right out of high school, um, when I was still living back at home in Alabama, we had a restaurant there called the Chicken Shack, everybody. We had, it was called the Chicken Shack, and I'll have you know, they had the number one chicken in the state of Alabama, okay? And it was good. And so if you ever find yourself for some reason going through there, eat at the Chicken Shack, okay? I was at the Chicken Shack picking up some lunch one day, and I came across an old acquaintance uh, that I had gone to middle school with. And after middle school, I ended up going to a different high school than him. But we had graduated the same class. And as I was talking to him, I immediately knew the Spirit had spoken to me. And the Spirit told me to tell him that, that he needed to know that God loved him, that, that God had a plan for him, for his life. And, and I also felt impressed to just invite him to church. And, and I began just kind of wrestling with the Spirit. Like, I don't know if you've ever done that before. I was like, oh, God, like, I don't want to do that. I don't even think I'm a Bible thumper or a holy roller. Like, he's going to think I'm weird. I, I don't want to do that. And so we had this conversation, and I, ha- I have to let you know, like, I-, I left that day disobedient. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And I felt bad that I heard, but I didn't do. And it got even worse whenever two weeks later I received terrible news that, this same guy had tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident. And you can imagine the weight that I felt in that moment of of hearing that news. That I knew the Spirit had spoken to me, but I didn't follow. 
And that took a really long time for me to get past. That took a long time for me to be able to get over that. And God in his goodness and his grace, I just believe that if he spoke it to me, he could have spoke it to someone else who was listening and someone who could follow. But I say that to let you know the last thing that we have to do to live by the Spirit is I need eyes that see, I need ears that hear, but lastly, I need feet that follow. Because what good is it if I see and if I hear, but I don't do? Like, what's the point of the Spirit even speaking to me and me listening and me seeing if I'm not going to do what He's telling me to do? If I'm not going to follow what the Spirit is saying to me? And the Bible tells us this in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So he says, be careful how you walk. Walk wise. And wisdom comes from God. It comes from the Spirit of God. So he says, walk as wise and make the most of your time. Because God wants us to make a difference with our lives while we're here. And when we're living by the Spirit, God will speak to us and He'll lead us in ways that leads us to make a difference. It's so important that we follow what the Spirit says because He's speaking what He's saying for a reason. He's not doing it just because He's bored. Like there's a reason why the Spirit is speaking to us, why He is leading to us and In Galatians 5, it says, I say, walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, then you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We got to walk with the Spirit. We got to do what He says. And the last verse that I have for you is James chapter 1. And James gives it to us very directly. He says, do not merely listen to the Word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. James is saying, if you hear it, and, and you ignore it, you deceive yourself. Do what it says. I need eyes to see. I need ears that hear. And I need feet that follow. And the last thing that I would leave, leave you with today is that we are never alone, but that the Spirit is always with us. I think as humans, like, we don't pay attention a whole lot to the spiritual reality that's around us every day. But I want you to know that we are all spiritual beings. We have a spirit. We have a spirit. And for us to be aware of those spiritual realities around us and for us to live by the spirit, we need to ask God to give us eyes to see, ears that hear, and feet that follow what he tells us to do. If you would just bow your head, close your eyes with me today. God, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for your spirit, for your power. God, I ask that you would just speak to every person this morning, right now in this moment, that by your spirit, that you would speak to every single person. Lord, and that you would show them what what you'd have them hear today, what you'd have them see today. God, we need you in our lives. Lord, the, the struggle between the flesh and between the spirit, it's real. It's a real struggle. It's a strong struggle, God. But I pray that you would this morning, that you would give us eyes to see what your spirit is showing. God, would you show us the things in our lives that you want us to change and and give us the power to change? God, would you speak to us about the things you want us to do? God, and at the end of the day, Lord, for every person, God, I pray that we would have the courage, Lord, to follow you. That we wouldn't just merely hear you, but that we would do what you say, Lord. 
God, give us that boldness. Give us that courage. Give us that strength today. And if you're here today, and maybe you haven't been living by the Spirit, maybe after hearing this message, you think, man, I've, I've really been living by the flesh. And I just have to let you know, I think that's something all of us, even as Christians, if we're not careful day by day, we can, we can swing into that other tree and begin living by the flesh in a moment. But maybe you would say, my life, like, is identified. It, it is, like, my life could be identified by the works of the flesh. I've been living by the flesh. The majority of my life produces the works of the flesh. But I don't want that. I don't want to live in bondage. I, I want to live by the Spirit. If that's you today, I want to let you know that God is here and that His grace is here for you, that He loves you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. You may feel like you've gone too far or done too much, but I want you to know that the grace of God is bigger than anything that you could have done it's bigger. And God offers his unconditional forgiveness for you today. He loves you. I want you to hear that. He loves you. And he just wants to know you. He wants relationship with you. But that only comes by the Spirit. And so if you want to begin living by the Spirit, you want to ask the Spirit to come into your life, and you want to begin a relationship with God today, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand on the count of three. If that's you, one, two, three. Lift your hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. Hey, I see you. Proud of you. God's proud of you. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you up top. Hey, I want you to know that God's, God loves you. He's proud of you. Anyone else today? Awesome. Hey, I'm going to lead us in a, in a prayer, and I want to ask that we all pray this together. Let's pray this. Jesus, I need you in my life. Would you forgive me of my sins? Come in my heart. Would your spirit live inside of me? I surrender all to you. I want to live by the spirit. I don't want to live by the flesh. So let your spirit lead me. Guide me. And direct me. Give me courage to follow what your spirit leads me to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, can we give Jesus praise? And also just congratulations to every person who prayed that prayer, who prayed that prayer from their heart. I just wanna let you know, I wanna remind you about the connection card that Tabitha mentioned to you at the beginning of the service. On that card is a place that says, my decision today. And if you made that decision to give your life to Christ, we'd love it if you just let us know by selecting the box that applies. Let us know that, that you committed your life to Christ today because we want to be able to celebrate with you, but we also want to be able to pray for you. And that helps us know how we can be praying for you. So if you just, um, I also just want to let you know that our team put together this resource called a Next Steps Box. We believe we're a church of next steps, so we're all on the same journey. No matter how far along we are, we're all on this journey to, to know God and to be in relationship with God. But this box right here inside are resources that will help you know some things that you can begin doing like today, like right now, to begin nurturing that relationship with God that you just began. Because it's all about Jesus, and it's all about a relationship with Him. So we just want to help you grow in that relationship 
that you just began. So you can pick one of these up in the lobby at our Next Steps table. It's totally free of charge. A team member will be happy to give that to you as you go today. But I just want to uh, celebrate as we get ready to move to the part of the service where we get to worship the Lord in giving. And I just want to let you know, Pastor Ben is in Israel right now, but he texted me at, at 2.19 this morning a.m. Uh, because that, that the times are so different. And he texted me this morning to let, uh, let me know. He said, hey, I want you to celebrate with the church that while I was here, I got the opportunity to write a check and to give that check to an organization here called Abraham's Bread. And what they do is they serve the underprivileged and the poor and the hungry uh, in the heart of Jerusalem and even down in Tiberias. And so we, we just believe like we want to make a difference for the Jew first. Like the Bible says, God's, God's chosen people. And so while Pastor Ben was there, he was able to just donate a check to help make a difference in Israel on, the, on your behalf. But I also just want to celebrate. We've been partnering with this organization for the last three years. And over the last three years, we've been able to give um, $30,000 to this organization. And so that's your generosity at work. That's your generosity making a difference. So just know that when you give, that it's going to make a difference. Um, We're going to get ready to pray. When I say amen, our prayer team will be up here. And if you need somebody to believe with you, to believe for you maybe about a certain need, During this last song, please just make your way down. Find a prayer team member. They'll be happy to pray with you. So let's go ahead and pray now. God, we thank you so much for your word, God. We thank you, Lord, that we get to give, Lord, that we get to make a difference in Israel, Lord, and many other countries in in Wichita Falls. Lord, we thank you, God, that it's only by your spirit that we're able to make a difference, Lord. So thank you for your spirit, your power that's at work within us today. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, church, come on, let's stand together and worship one more time.